Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, 132, that's the episode one, with Ashley Gorley. You good, buddy? Yeah, man. All good. You know, I wonder a couple things. One, we've, I mean, we spent a little bit of time together, mm-hmm. just a couple things. Um, I didn't know, and I guess until I got into the nerd part of it, I guess I just, <laughs> I, I knew you because we we played a couple things together, Four and rounds, I, yeah. I knew from the songs, but... Uh, thirty-seven number ones. That's in, that. That's insane. <laughs> it is insane. Yeah. That, that's uh. Do you have gold-plated more, everything for lunch? Like I'll take the gold-plated <laughs> bread. Carrot. Nope. 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 Man. Brown bagging it, bringing it every day. That's what. I don't know thirty-seven people. <laughs> that's amazing. The thing about thirty-seven number ones is this: is that there's no way you can know the lyrics to all those songs. Oh, I don't know the lyrics to seven of them. No. If you and then the round we played, they were either on my phone. I play a piano just so I can lay it flat um, and be less conspicuous. But I got the sheets out there; or they're on my phone. I have no, no memory for uh, for my own songs for some reason. <laughs> but you write the you create the word. This is oh, what's yeah. fascinating yeah. to me is that if I ever painted a picture, I would be like, oh yeah. I mean, I remember. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. You, you wrote these songs, and not only you just wrote songs, but you wrote songs that broke through to artists. Artists liked them. Labels thought they were good enough for singles. They got played on the radio. You probably heard them on the radio. Yeah. yeah. And yet you still don't know the words to them. No, I mean, there's some where if I had to do it, I would definitely miss something. I would say something that ruins the meaning of the song, you know, um, at some point. But yeah, I mean, if, if I, it's like a comfort thing too. You know, it's like, hey, if it's there, I feel like I can look down if I need to, you know, to pull them off on a round. 37. What is it about you that is, is special as a creator? And it's a weird hmm. question because it's kind of like, hey, I'll, I'll toot your own horn. But what is it that you think separates you not from other people but inside what you do you know hopefully it's the ability to to work with a lot of different artists and get them where they need to be you know like i didn't move to town i have no bone in my body that wants to be an artist or really yeah that was never the case i always want to be writer publisher producer all that so sometimes i think that has something to do with it like everybody knows i'm going for whatever's best for them whatever i think i can can contribute, you know what I mean? To get them to that next level. Um, whatever artist it is, or even if we're in the room, just, I love so many kinds of music. I think that, um, I can kind of go wherever the room's leading maybe, you know, as far as stylistically or, or again, whatever is needed in that situation. I'm not afraid to yell out some melody or some words or whatever, um, is necessary there in that scenario. You know, I want to read down this list of some of these songs and I have clips, but there's so many. There's there's definitely no magic in there. I don't don't know what's happening. Just, We've taken all 37 of these and smashed them into one song, so they're all going to play at the same time. It's like a firework. <laughs> that would be awesome. You ever see that fireworks show in Australia where they accidentally shot off all the fireworks at once? No, that and it would was be the awesome. Great- Mike, you ever see that? Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. It was the greatest eight seconds I've <laughs> yes. ever seen of fireworks, but it was the whole night, yeah. and they go, done, boom, Everybody and everyone's like, wow, and then it's over because it was an accident. That's um, awesome. Uh, Brett Eldridge, don't you? Billy Currington. <laughs> Uh, I will get no no song. I'm gonna run through just some of them. Uh, Billy Currington, do I make you want to hate girl? Carrie, All America Girl, don't you don't forget about me? Good girl, Dirty Laundry, Heartbeat, Blake Shelton, the guy with the girl, Chris Jansen, Fix a Drink, Dirk Bentley, Black. I'm not even go through all of them. Just an idea here. Thomas Rhett, Marry Me, T-shirt, Unforgettable. Uh, by the way, and I'll stop there for a second. Yeah. You walk in. I'm a shoe guy. I'm, I enjoy shoes. <laughs> and I saw your Yeezys, and I was like, Hey, I have those same Yeezys. I enjoy those shoes. And we were talking about shoes. Then you mentioned that Tr says to you you have to buy a new pair of shoes with the hits. Is that what it is? Yeah. It was like, I'm, I'm fairly, um, frugal. So I didn't have any of the, you know, I, I do love shoes. I love, uh, like old school basketball shoes. And I was like, okay, I can get with this trend a little bit. Now when I go out on the road and work with TR or Jesse, 
who I see those guys all the time. So I'm like, God, these shoes are amazing. And I have on whatever dad shoes I have on. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to get some of these, you know, but then we see the price. And it's like, I'm not buying those. And they're like, all right, every time, um, if we have a hit together or if Thomas Red has a hit on one of your songs and you got to buy, you got to overpay for some shoes, you know? So they're like, here's flightclub.com or, you know, goat or whatever the apps are. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So I have like three pair of good ones, four, four pair. <laughs> So I just rock. It is overpaying yeah. though, right? Oh, it, is, it is. So, it is. Yeah. It's so overpaying. I have, These are amazingly comfortable. I don't know if they're that much more they're comfortable. Not, they're not. And people ask yeah. me all the time because I'll wear, and it, listen, I don't have kids. What do I have to spend money on? I don't right, even right. know what to do with money. <laughs> like I, I grew up broke. I got a little money now. I don't know what to do with it. I just give it away and buy That's shoes. Right, Those are the two things that I do. And so, it's not that bad. It's not going to run you too, you know, too much. Not too but bad. It, it, it's not that much more comfortable. Right. A little, maybe, maybe it's a placebo shoe. Yeah, you ever think it might about be, that? Yeah. Or you put the Yeezy on and you go, wow, I feel amazing. Yeah. Or you see that, you know, the fake Yeezys, I bet they don't feel much different, you know, that you see or whatever. So it's, it's a good, it's a pretty calm habit. I don't have the closet full or the rack or the um, crate full of shoes like those guys, but I've got, I've got a few. I've got, I've got a 10 year old that, uh, can spot a pair of Yeezys or a pair of fake ones if we're walking around. Oh, well, he can. He's he, into it. Yeah, he, he likes the fake yeah, from the, the real. Those, those guys that are like into sports stuff. My, not my older son, but my uh, younger one, Kyler, is like all about. All he wanted for Christmas was a pair of Yeezys, and we uh, we debated whether or not we were going to do that. Like, oh, he shouldn't do that. He shouldn't have those shoes. But he was like, that's the only present I want. I'll do these chores, buy half of them. So he does have one pair of the blue tents, uh, which are not crazy expensive but they're like all right and he takes care of them make sure they're so clean he won't even wear them outside so it's it's a funny thing but yeah he's all about it with all those number ones i would just want yeezy at my house like kanye dad <laughs> christmas yeah, get kanye. these on yeah that's so have funny. kanye them do a couple songs that's right well, look at that look at you there, i i was amazed i was like i was talking to mike we kind of run through things beforehand and i was like mm-hmm. i know actually a little bit so some people i just don't know like i'm just a fan of because i'm a fan of the songwriting art right, right? oh awesome and i go I know actually a little bit. So we're going to be fine. Cool to start. And he's like, dude, he's written 37 number ones. And I was like, oh, holy crap. In the last three years, you've had 20? Is that what it was? Yeah. Like 20? It's, it's been a good uh, I didn't realize I was run. playing all Ashley Gorley. That's what I should do. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Welcome hey, to the morning show. Here's all Ashley Gorley this morning. Well, what song funny. do you have right now that, that's out there? Um, I know you just did the, the Blake song just peaked at number two. Yes. And that's got to be irritating uh, to you. Because, and this is uh, Blake's I Lived It. I'm going to yeah. play a little clip of this. And in the mind of a listener, they don't know the difference. It doesn't they matter. No, yeah, they just know songs. It's just for like. what you just did. It's just for intros and and stat sheets. So it does, it, that didn't like. I wasn't depressed after that. I um, you know, it did. I've never had one be that close. You know, I've had some go number two, three, maybe barely get to those numbers or top five. But um, I think that was like a play or two yeah, away. Yeah, it was really um, close. Something microscopic. And I was like, man, you know, you always hope they maybe split charts with Billboard Media Base or something like that. It was bittersweet because the song Up Down, which I think is a huge hit. Morgan one, Wallen, yeah. Morgan Wallen, one of the writers I published, wrote that song. So, oh, I'm so re- you had some skin I'm in that game for that. Too. Yeah, it's not yeah. like I'm like, oh, no, I'm not mad at that song either. So it was an interesting scenario. But, yeah, that song, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of love on that song. So I'm, I'm still super thankful for that. It didn't, didn't bug me too bad. You know, you talk about you didn't want to be an artist, but you're actually a good artist. Like you, uh, I no, I've heard you sing. <laughs> you can't say that. Like when I, I've sat beside you and heard you sing, well, I can. But you also sat beside me and Chris Stefano, so there's a diff, you know there's a chasm there. Like I'm, I can if if it's a hit, I'm super comfortable singing it because it's like how bad can it be? It's hard. People already know it. I would never. I never moved to town and like went and auditioned my you know like 
presented my songs in that way. I, I always preferred to present them like on a demo, you know, where you could hear them and be like, this is what it should sound like. You know what I mean? I wasn't like a take my guitar around and play you the song. I couldn't convey it well enough. So in the last few years, I've gotten more comfortable playing rounds and trying to sing out a little more just because I care less because the people know the song. So it doesn't, it doesn't freak me out as much. Were you in the gifted classes as a kid? I was a little bit. Yeah. yeah. For, for, uh, not for everything. I don't know anything about science or history, but creative writing. I was in that. There was like, some but they English spotted something reading. in you young. Yeah. There was something, something there where I can maybe think quicker or something. I mean, no, no genius level, anything like that. But yeah, there was a, definitely a creative bug. I was always like turning in stories and poems and, uh, you know, writing sketches of stuff. I felt it because I was a gifted kid, meaning they took me at first grade and said, okay, you have something. We're going to put right. you in a different class and you're going to yeah. learn differently. We had that for like the yeah, elementary school a bit. And so I was put in that all through my school and I didn't really know why I was quick, right? Mm-hmm. At, at whatever that gift is. But I started to think as an adult that that really shaped my confidence, meaning mm-hmm. That since I was put in the gifted program, I felt as if I was gifted, meaning if I wasn't really gifted and put in the gifted program, I would have still felt gifted. And there would have been (laughs) that motivation, the desire to prove people right, Hmm. the feeling that I do. And I I wonder with kids that if we found what they were gifted at. Yes. Because I believe we all have some, some innate talent, ability, something about us. And we assign some gift, whatever that is, yeah. and assign that to them and say, wow, you're really special in this area. Like, I, it, it is an investment, a time investment. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, that, I mean, as a parent, that's what uh, my wife and I right now are just trying to figure out what, what is the passion, what is that thing, like you said. You know, and some, some people's gifts are louder than others, so they stand out, but it may be something that you got to dig for and be like, oh, this is what your, your passion is or your calling is. So, and then that confidence comes. Yeah, and it's, it's tough because everybody doesn't have, you know, you may have, wanted to do this since you were five and I was, you know, DJing parties and a MTV junkie from 10 years old on, you know, I just loved music and knew that knew I was going to do something in that with that, if at all possible, but everybody doesn't have that. So that's, you know, it just depends. Like my kids are not all, my daughter's into music a little bit. The other two are not really, you know, don't want to play anything. So that's a, that's a whole other thing we got to, we got to face when your kid doesn't necessarily want to do what you want to do. And it's like, okay, what do you want to do? What are you, what are you passionate about? What do you do when nobody's we were not paying attention in class. What are you scribbling? You know, like what, what is it going on in your head? So definitely finding, finding kids passion and trying to figure out a way to cultivate that is like paramount for us. I just think there's something to that. Yes. Thinking back at myself that they told me I was special. So I freaking believed it. Yeah. And I believe maybe I wasn't. And oh, I yeah. believed my, I willed myself because of my <laughs> belief into it. Right. They, they gave, they gave me an independent study just because, um, the choir teacher, a music teacher was like, Hey, maybe you, you could study, you know, if you're writing songs and making these tracks, I was doing this stuff. Nobody understood. And it was literally, they just stuck me in a room and, uh, like, Oh, you can hang out in there for an hour a day. They didn't know what it was, but I felt so cool. Like, Whoa, I need to do something. I'm in here for an hour. Um, they've given this to me. So I would, I would go learn to play piano or I would listen to songs and try to figure out how to run, you know, the equivalent of pro tools or whatever now, you know? So yeah, anytime you you get, just like if you get an award in school or you get put, like you said, in this class, oh, you can do this, then there definitely is like, oh, okay, then I need to do that. I'm, I'm, I can do that. I just think we're all, yeah, we're, we all have something we're special at. Definitely. Something we're special mm-hmm. at. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Danville, Kentucky, about three, three, three and a half hours from here. So Nashville wasn't super foreign to you as far as the geography part of America. Right, right, right. I mean, compared to, I mean, Nashville it was... Huge. The biggest town in the world right. compared to any anybody in my 
in my little town. It's right in the middle of Kentucky, so you know, no uh, malls or anything like that. But um, population, you know, uh, population. I don't even know. I mean, not not big at all. Kind of like a pass through town. But there was Center College is there, so there's one college there, um, which is a really good school. But they uh, basically like when I knew I wanted to do music, I was going to go to New York, L.A., Atlanta. Or Nashville, and I was like, I mean, Nashville, way less scary. Three hours from home, if it doesn't, you know, if I have to uh, run home for anything. Um, the girl I was dating, who's now my wife, was at UK in Kentucky, so it was going to be Nashville. After that, I had plans like, okay, maybe I'll go into different stuff, maybe move to LA after that or whatever, but I just fell in love with, with Nashville. It was like the right size um, big town, you know. Did you feel when you got here that you could do it, or did it take a second? Oh, man, like everything at once kind of like you come here and I'm like, all right, this is impossible, but I still feel like I'm going to do it. I'm just not going to take no for an answer. So I've always had that, that kind of naive, um, confidence, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. It's just going to happen. I didn't really have a plan B and I didn't know if it was going to be publishing or writing or producing or playing or DJing or whatever the, wherever the gig was going to end up being. But I, I really never thought, ah, maybe I should look into something else. You know, I also went to Belmont and had a business degree and learned the industry overall so i felt confident like i can do something in this business i'm gonna make it happen look at this guy doing everything oh man just trying trying to learn it all never know what anybody's gonna believe i'm good at (laughs) that's the story of my life like i try to do it all and not because i want to do it all but because when everything else comes crashing down exactly i can just go be a comedian i can write another (laughs) book i can do a radio show that's what mine is yeah it's more fallback stuff and also i didn't know you could until i moved here until i was already here a year i didn't realize you could get a gig um just writing for a publisher that would actually shop your songs, you know, for you and that you didn't have to be a great singer or even instrumentalist, you know, that, that, that was even a, a thing, a staff songwriter. So as soon as I figured that out, I was like, all right, this is the, this is what I want. I want this job. Man. Now let me talk about sleep number for one second. I do this show from my house and in my house, all my furniture, I think one of the most important, if not the most important part of my house is my bed. I think sleep is super important at times undervalued. We all know how important sleep is. But funny enough, we don't think about the difference in our mattress. For me, that was a big change in my sleep and my life. And it was that I got better quality sleep whenever I had a better bed, obviously. And so I have a sleep number. My sleep number setting is 30. And if you have a partner, which right now when you hear this, I don't. But they can have a different sleep number. You know, it's the firmness, the softness. Many couples disagree on mattress firmness. Sleep number lets you choose your ideal firmness on each side. My sleep number setting is 30. Let me recommend to you, just go by the store. That's it. See where one is, sleepnumber.com slash bones. Go in now, save 200 to 600 bucks on select sleep number 360 smart beds. See the latest smart beds, even more comfortably priced from $9.99. There you go. Only find it at one of the 550 sleep number stores nationwide. Sleepnumber.com slash bones to find the one nearest you. Okay, so let's see. Where do I want to go with you? Well, so you come to town, Ashley, and what's the first scratch you kind of get at? Oh, wow, this is kind of working. Like, what song was it? It didn't be a number one, but you saw some traction that people thought was cool. Maybe they thought, there's something to this guy. Yeah, I had a little five-song thing I made on, like, a little four-track. It was terrible. And I would play that. I would intern at places around town. And then on my last day, I would be like, I have this little CD of songs. And they would they would check it out. Um, and so a couple of those guys were like, wow, this is actually, you know, pretty good. But I, I would say when I first figured out I might be able to do it was when I would intern and listen to all those songs that were at that company and I would be like, now can I beat this? Can I compete with these songs? So depending on where I was working, I'll be like, okay, I think I could do this. So I got some confidence from just listening to the demos that maybe aren't, weren't as polished as 
as, as they could be. And I was like, all right, maybe I can pull this off. And I ended up writing a song uh, called Since I've Seen You Last that this artist, uh, this girl who's amazing, Joanna Janae, recorded. On, um, it was on DreamWorks Records at the time, and there was like a CMT video. It went to like number 48, so it was a top 50 on Billboard. I was like, wow, this is, it's all happening. And then there was like a seven-year gap between then and getting Is that it. right? Yeah, so that was, and also that song, it was it was amazing. Um, Hillary Lindsay and I came to town at the same time. We didn't know each other, but we were both at Belmont at the same time. And I got her to sing the demo. And she was like the first girl I even heard sing here. And I was like, Wow. And she's, this, by the way, she's the best singer. She's the best. Period. She could go be best singer, writer, everything. Yes, yes. So, so that was my first thing. I was like, Oh my gosh, if this is how it is, then I should move. <laughs> but yeah, just so, so she sang that demo it was amazing. And, um, and Joanna cut the song and put it out. And then I was like, okay, here we are. We're on a roll. I got a couple other of a couple other cuts, like nobody huge, but, but you know, on some albums that I could go to the music store and buy. So I was like, all right, here we go. And then, I started getting songs recorded by bigger artists and they wouldn't make the albums, you know, like I'd be so like, they oh. record them. Yeah. I had like a Martin McBride and some of those, um, type artists were like, they, you know, this huge celebration. Now they recorded the song and then they would get an email two months later, like, Oh, this is not going to make the album. I was like, what is that a thing? Can that happen? Mm. You know? Uh, and so that happened for a while. And there was a, you know, my first co-write here with a guy named David Lee, not David Lee Murphy, but, um, David Lee that had some hits, um, back in the day, he told me, he was like, Hey man, I'm just gonna let you know, it takes seven years to have a hit. And it literally took seven years from when I first started writing. So I had a few of those little things. They weren't hits, but there's a little activity. And then that was in um, 99. And then in 2006, I had a uh, first, first hit. And what was that? 2006. Uh, don't forget to remember me, Carrie Underwood. Mm. I knew the answer. I was just letting you talk yourself into it. But that was amazing too. That was a special scenario because we, we loved American Idol, so we watched it like around, like gathered around to watch it. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've got to get this girl to record one of my songs." So that was like a magical thing, just the way that all played out. So obviously, really thankful for her, and we've worked together for a long you know, ever since then. You told a story, and you probably tell these stories a lot. So if I'm, I could be, I, I see if I remember this right about you and Carrie, and that you, the tough thing about writing with Carrie is she sings so good that it's hard to write with her because she can make anything sound good. Is that, right. Am I saying that accurately? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some artists like that, um, and especially her. I mean, she sings perfect. When you're in there, she can do – she obviously sings amazing, but she can sing the song perfectly as soon as it's written. It's like an odd skill where when you're recording it, she remembers the entire thing and does and can just nail it. Um, so, yeah, you got to be careful. I'll always – a lot of times when I'm writing with great singers – I'll be like, all right, let me kind of sing that down one time <laughs> and see if it's still, and if it still sounds good, the real life version, let yes. me sing the real life version. Yeah. That's so if, yeah, if you're right with Karen Underwood, Chris Staple and whoever, it's like, it doesn't matter, you know, it could just be vowels, you know, and it would be fine. But, um, so I've always had that kind of built in, like, let me kind of sing that back and play bad piano chords. And if it still sounds like something, then we may have something, you know, Carrie was nice enough. I did this moderately somewhat humorous record a while ago and Carrie mm-hmm. came in and we sang this duet and <laughs> Carrie came to the studio, and I mean, I've been in the studio with a few friends, and they're recording, and this town is the, is the land of the giants, and you get a bit jaded, oh, yeah. because everybody's good. You, yeah. It's like the major leagues, where you're just, even if they're playing for the Royals, right. and they're batting eighth, they're still freaking Pretty amazing. Good, yeah, yeah you're in the main, yeah. so even the worst are freaking good, and mm-hmm. so I'm in, and Carrie comes in, and Carrie's been so kind to me. Like just yeah, She's awesome. Nicer, she's you can think Carrie's the nicest person, but when you meet her, you go, oh, she's even cooler than I yep, thought. Yep. And so Carrie comes in and she's she comes in and she sings this song and nail, crushes it right the first of time. Of course, crushes it. And I was like, "What?" 
Because I was like, I don't even know what that means, producing it. But I was like, you know, I was just saying, huh? I was like, I, you're done. Yeah. We, we need, she's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, let me that. do it. I'm telling you, she does it again as flawless. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we're done. She goes, no, 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 let me. Right. I, she probably did it five times. Yeah. And I don't know there was ever an off note. We, I could have taken no, it, any it, part it's, of any it's of it. It's a really freaky thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's and she just doesn't how... allow you to mess with her voice. She's so good. There, for me, yeah, there yeah. was no. Yeah, very different. Yeah, she's like dry on the mic. When I sing, I'm like, turn on every every yeah. knob you have, turn it to ten. Can you make me echo back? <laughs> yes. Like, give, can you give make me, like, me triple... sound like yes. anybody else? Chipmunk. You know? I want to sing yes. in Chipmunk. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's the. But it's... she's amazing. That, that's such a privilege. Like working with those guys, it's such a it's such a rush to work with Carrie or any of the any of the artists. They're, they're all so great and amazing. It's like, man, especially right when you get done with a song, and they're singing it back to you, right then, like when you're doing what we call a work tape or you know doing the demo or whatever. That's just such a magic time because it's like, wow, we just made that up and there it is being performed right now. I mean, that's not the final record or anything, but it, it still freaks me out um, when you're in with an artist and they're singing back the thing you just made up. Look at this. Uh, All American Girl wrote that. Yeah. Okay, listen to this one. Good girl. Dirty laundry. Heartbeat. I mean, that right there put all the kids through college, right? Like that that, that run right <laughs> there. Good, yeah. See, I joke. There's a yeah. There's a room or two in our house. There's a little the carry wing. Get, yeah. There's a carry. <laughs> You're now walking into the carry wing, That's folks. Right. Look to the left. There's the statue of Carrie. Yeah. No, she's been great, and she's so you know loyal as far as letting us have you know chances to to write with her again after they you know after there's been some success. So she's so fun to to write with. It's been great. If you get a great idea, let's say. Um, Sometimes I'll get a, a bit in my head, a comedy bit or something, mm-hmm. and I'll think, oh, this is a really cool concept. I should really work this out on stage or something. And I'll, and I'll hit up sometimes Mike D. And I'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? If you get this great idea for a song, who is your person that you hit up first and you go, I got this great idea. We got to work this out. It could be an artist or a person, oh, but who's your person? Man, it, well, it depends on what the idea is. You know what I mean? Like, um, it depends. There's so many people I've grown to trust now. It may be Shane McAnally, maybe Jesse Frazier, maybe Chris Stefano or Kelly Lovelace, or it may be you're on a Luke desert Bryan island. Or Thomas Red. You, you got know. one person that you got to write oh, with. Gosh. That you have to write with. We'll eliminate the artists. Okay. I wonder. That I have to write it with. You have to write it with. And the, the, um, here's the concept. I'll give you the name of the song. I'll even put you in a good place. There you go. It's called Four Wheels and a Beer. <laughs> well, yeah. If the country. I was about to say if it was country, I'll be calling Luke. Okay. Um, He's an amazing writer, and he's—I mean—he's so ama- amazing at, at writing and singing, and just such a such an authentic country guy. That if it's, it's really country at all, I would trust it. Uh, trust it in the hands of Luke, I would say. But there, I mean, there's lots of people depending on the idea. Okay, all right. What about a song called "Whisper to My Soul"? Oh gosh, who would you call? Oh, that's a deep one. You I mean Bill Anderson? If I could book it with him. Okay, maybe. okay. <laughs> you got the whisper, but yeah, I don't know about that one. Whisper to my soul. Whisper to my soul. That's a deep one. It's a deep one, right? Like, who are you calling that goes to that next level? Like, you're like, oh, this guy speaks poetry. Oh, yeah. If I, if I need or some... this girl speaks poetry. Or this... Uh, oh, you know, like, uh, maybe uh, Hillary or uh, Josh Osborne, or like a great lyric. I mean, lots of great lyricists out there, but, you know, um, probably one of those. When you write, do you write... And I, again, I've been gifted enough to be able to hop into some rights because I do goofy stuff. And people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I'd like to write a kid. I did a kid's record. Did a right. con- you know? um, and so some of the writers, they write like this and they go, okay, um, here's 
the music and they don't sing the songs. They they do the melody. And then yeah. they try to then you build the music with ba do do and you yeah. fill the words in over the top. Mm-hmm. Some people you write the lyrics and you come and then you put the song over it. Which right. way do you write songs? I, my my favorite way, and it happens probably the majority of the time, is is melody and lyric at the same time. I'm mumbling some of it, but a lot of the words are kind of coming out. So like if it's if somebody has a title then whisper to my soul use that to my soul. Yeah, I love that then one. i would i would like you know if there's a track going on you know if you're right with a producer then i would try to maybe freestyle some melodies and that would be in there somewhere so i would be kind of scatting but i'm not just doing this you know there's like threads of things that are keepable through there you know what i mean so a lot of it you know my writing comes in spurts so a lot of it like if it's a song if it's marry me then when we have that idea then um, i hear like a piano part right then and so we'll put that down. But then when I'm writing melody and we're all writing, then I'm hearing words along with it. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of mumbling um, through some words and hoping people hear better lines than what I'm actually saying. You know what I mean? And then we kind of cultivate the lyric around that. So I can never, what I don't do well is just write out a bunch of lyrics and then put music to it. I've never done that. I've never so been able to do you don't that. keep a journal of just like pure lyrics? No, no, I don't do that. Yeah, that's all um, I, do. I keep like a journal or a iPhone notes the equivalent of titles or concepts or maybe two lines that would like set up an emotion. But usually uh, great songs will come from like, some of them come from a groove. You know, if it's a great producer, if it's Jesse, Chris Stefano, Luke Laird, those kind of guys, they can set the tone for like what the mood might be. Zach Crow can do that. He can play a song, a track like Dirty Laundry, which I wrote with him. And that just sounded like it needed a title like that, you know, which Hillary had and that all went together great you know so sometimes the track sets the mood or sometimes everybody's like does anybody have an idea and i may just have random titles in my phone or may just have like hey what if we wrote a song about this or that and usually then i start to hear melodies and and start to hear flows uh that would go with it and all kind of happens at once Mm, be careful with that whisper to my soul if that happens it pops up (laughs) smash that's that's, that's the party song but it's soul but it's whispered my sole my foot you don't even realize that that. yeah it's like the bottom that's the twist that's the nashville flip you uh you talk about marry me and so uh that's obviously a thomas Rhett song i have the uh have the demo right uh this is the marry me demo here she wants to get married who's that singing there shane she wants it perfect so it's you, Shane, and Jesse and Thomas. Yeah. So it's all four of you guys. Are you guys mm-hmm. out on, on a bus? On Are you on a run doing this? Yeah, with Thomas and me too, but with, with, with artists like that, um, with families, then he would, we write some in town, but uh, really productive on the bus. Like all, we did two bus runs, we call them, which is like leaving Wednesday at midnight, coming back Sunday morning. Um, so kind of two, three days out riding on the road of town, we were like 10 songs, the four of us. Shane's amazing, so... Um, that's a perfect song to write with him. So that one came together uh, quick, you know, and that's really fun. That's not usually the kind of song you write on a bus, you know, just as far as whatever, but I'm holding the little keyboard on my lap and trying to play uh, and capture everything we can. So, I mean, yeah, th- those bus runs with Thomas Rhett, some artists, you know, would rather separate the two where they're going to write for their album in one headspace, and then when they're performing, when they're on the road, they just perform. Thomas fills every waking minute that he's not on the stage with writing for the next album so he's i love doing that hmm, let me hear he's some, a great one let me hear some of that uh some of that that mary i think some people want to hear some of this mary me this the uh, demo that's the cut there yeah let me hear the she hear. wants to get married she wants it perfect she wants her grand infancy stages right here mm-hmm. preaching the service she wants magnolia 
Yeah, you don't want to hear the infancy stages. The real empathy. Oh, it would be just rambling and terrible lines. I was talking to, and maybe it was TR. Oh, let me just, I want to hear this. Turn up a little bit. She got it all planned out. Yeah. I can see it all right now. I'll wear my black suit. That's cool. Um, and I was like, hey, why don't you sing? Because I would ask, or maybe another artist, like, hey, why don't you sing? Um, I, you know these demos. And he's like, right. well, because I'm out on the bus on the weekend, I gotta go do a show. Right. Like we ride all day, and I'm singing these demos. I blow my voice out. Oh yeah. And then I'm next thing you know, I'm on stage, you go, heard of my voice in front of fifteen thousand people yeah. because I was singing a demo. Right. And if he does sing it, then I'll sing it all the way to the very. Uh, it's funny because he'll be like, man, I, I gotta save my voice. Um, you got to sing this. And I know if I sing it enough time, two or three times, he's going to be like, give me that mic. I got it. You know, cause he's like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? I got it. You know? So that happens a lot, which is funny, but he'll, um, you know, try to save his voice until we lay out the whole song. I'll sing like what's called the scratch vocal. It's all on T-Pain full tuning as much as it can be. And then he'll, he'll just sing it, you know, over top of that, which sounds amazing. So yeah, we got to save his voice. We'll get our hand slapped sometimes out there. Like you guys quit writing so many songs. We're playing in front of however many thousand yeah. people. Um, so we're careful about that. We're respectful of this voice. Only use it when we have to. Let me talk about Bombas for a second. How often do you think about your socks? If you're like I used to be, not much. But I recently discovered that socks and having good socks, not just good socks, but socks that actually make you feel better, do change the way you think about socks. And I want to tell you about Bombas. I wouldn't be telling you about Bombas if I didn't believe in them. And I'll be honest, too, I didn't know what they were until I had a pair. All I knew is that people on the show were trading them like baseball cards back in the day or pogs back in the day. But they're Bombas, and they have this thing. Well, first of all, there's this built-in blister tab. I don't know what that was, but on the back of your foot, you know, that uh, – is it what they call the Achilles tendon? Yeah. Is that what it is? There's like this – like a, a little more – the tab is a good word, I guess. But it's a little softer, a little more full. Innovative art support. Stay-up technology. Lots of colors, patterns, links. For me, that's not so important, but maybe for you it is. They're great in the gym, the office. For me, the morning show. I have my shoes off a lot of the show anyway. Bombas donates a pair to someone in need to for every purchase you make. Keep cool. Go to bombas.com slash bones. Get 20% off your first purchase. B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash bones. 20% off your first purchase. They're cool. I'm telling you, they're cool. Bombas.com slash bones. Hey, so you know what song I like? And I I think I'm a bit uh, like affected by the fact that I love these guys so much. and I'm friends with Brandon, but uh, born to love you. You wrote oh, yeah. that from Blanco. Dude, that, I'm so excited about that. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. I hesitate to ask you this because you have so many, and, and they all kind of run together, but do you know who you wrote that with? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll always know that. Yeah, me, Brandon, Ross Copperman, and Josh Osborne. In a crazy scenario where Ross and I and Brandon wrote one day, um kind of sussed out the chorus and everything of it and then Josh and Brandon and Ross wrote and Ross just brought this song up asked if I was cool if they messed with the verses and it was like yeah so we kind of wrote it in two separate parts like that do you ever think that your thoughts are valuable and you shouldn't waste them on certain instances like you're like my, my brain's so good I don't need no. to I don't need to spend time here at the DMV <laughs> oh, filling oh, out mean, this paperwork like, what am I doing don't Somebody they know this brain here no 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 <laughs> I do I do not I'm actually Gorley I'm trying to Definitely check not. these boxes no but being a creative guy it's so hard for me to just write a regular email or like a response like you know right. it's like All this poetry. better be crafted actually Gorley yeah. here there's like a melody attached <laughs> to the mp3 open this up for a refund at uh, Delta <laughs> um, I should start doing that but 
No, 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 not at all. But it is hard to just write something or, you know what I mean? Like as far as like, ooh, this got to sound, this has got to sound right, communicate the right way. You know? I f- so I feel that in a way where if I don't write something that's a bit humorous in tone, people, you are, feel like people you gotta, are disappointed. Yeah, you can't just say, no, I won't make it to the party. It's like, I got to say something else, you know? Because then people feel like I'm a dick if I'm just, rep- <laughs> if I respond normally, right. but they're expecting more. That's a letdown to them. And That's so all right. of a sudden, Pressure. I sent the big dick email. I mean, not big dick email. The Careful. big comma dick email <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. where I was like, no, I would not like to go. Right. When they read it, it's like, no, I don't want to go. Yeah. So there is so this. That's all you got for It's me, funny though? you bring that out because I feel yeah. the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm not even that funny. Or the worst ever is if somebody's like, um, hey, man, whatever. I got a friend getting married. Do you mind to write us like a song for your? Mm. I'm like, absolutely not. I will not do that. Like it's Because wow. it's not going to live up to whatever you think it's going to be. I can't. Uh, no, I will not do that. What <laughs> you know? pressure? Huh? Yeah, or anything where it's like, oh, just I'm sh- I've heard you these songs pretty quick. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not like my song is not going to define your day. Please use like a standard or whatever. You know, don't I can't do that. How far are you booked out? Um, normally in the last three or four years, it would be booked out three or four months at a time, maybe. But there's always holes because I always make um, the people that keep my calendar. I always want it to not be you know crazy let's say Shane calls and he's riding with Karen Fairchild tomorrow I want there to be a decent chance that day's open so we can just ride the wave and jump in you know or if if an artist or whatever has it open right now I'm open um for the summer so it's it's more spotty than usual but usually it's something every day it's like a 9 to 5 thing you ever hop in with an artist because I would I would assume not not knowing about you but I know about mm-hmm. other friends of mine that are songwriters where they get pressure from their publishing company to do the big rights because that's where the money comes from. Like we right. live in a revenue-based world. Right. And our people pay us. And hopefully we start to, like yourself, you have your own publishing and you know, you're, and I have things and you get a little control, but you never really get all of it, right? Right, right. You people never, still want you to, yeah, if you are managed at all, then it's like, go, 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 go. And so do you ever, uh, I'm trying to phrase this right without, without actually talking about anyone specifically, but where you want to write with someone that really doesn't have much of a name, you just believe in them, mm-hmm. and the people are like, oh, why you? You need to be writing with these big stars. Yeah, but I, you're like, I yeah. believe with them. And and who is it that you've believed in so early? And maybe they're not even a thing yet. That you go, I I just had to write with them because I loved what they were doing. Yeah, there've been. I mean, I'm trying to think that that's happened more in my world, like where there's a writer I believe in, like you know, say it's Zach Crowell, Magic, and Jerry Flowers. These guys that that we've signed to my publishing company where it's like, I'm going to spend a lot of time with him working on ideas with Zach. He didn't have anything going, which by the way, um, Zach, uh, body like a back road. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of, he's, he's been on here. I encourage you to, to listen to that. He's also a great producer. Yeah. Amazing. So, so guys like that, where I've been like, all right, I don't want to write with this guy, but I've never gotten, everybody's always been so respectful. Maybe I'm just lucky where no, nobody's ever said like, man, why are you, why are you spending this much time with this person? What about you know, an so, artist, like a brand new artist that people um, are like, what, what, like who is Frank and beans? What a name right, for you, right, Frank right. and beans. Yeah, who's why are you talking with Frank? But then it turns out that you were right. Like, you ever hit one of those early? I I haven't had one. I mean, like, so I mean, there's like Lanco, who I knew I liked, but they had a, I that song wasn't a hit, greatest love story. But I did say I remember um, when the opportunity for that right came, and I was like, yeah, I want to do that because I love that song. I don't know if it's going to be a hit or I think it would be, but regardless of what that song did, I would have wanted to do that because I really like the vibe, you know, that guy's voice and the emotion uh, being portrayed. But there's you know, there's been a few of those. Uh, and sometimes it's it's sometimes it's less writing with that artist than like yes I'll trust this person with the song you know what I mean where it's somebody's song like it's like a John Party song where hey we're gonna pitch dirt on my boots 
to John, I'm like, well, does he even cut outside songs? Is he even, what, what kind of process is he? And it turns out to be, you know, a big hit. So there's been some of those instances where it's like, oh, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Like we wrote, um, don't you with Brett Eldridge, me and, uh, Krista Stefano. And, um, that demo that we did that day is a really fun song to write, but I didn't know it was going to be like his, you know, first single to break through and that they're going to use the demo as the master. There's, there's been some instances like that where it's like, wow, that's really cool. They use the demos. Um, so they just took the demo and kept upgrading it. Yeah. Is that Chris, right? Yeah. And he played everything and sang everything on his, like just on his laptop. So that, yeah. that stuff like that's happened a few times, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, everybody, you know, Nashville's got such a buzz going on that usually you hear about somebody being great. And then, uh, you know, that's what our publishers do is get us in there. You know, who's buzzing right game. now? Who do you, who, who do you hear a buzz? Right, right artist wise? Or yeah. Just give me artist wise that you hear. Cause I'll tell you why you think about this. I'll tell you what I do. And you, I, I'm curious if you do the same thing, but I went and I look for people just, mm-hmm. you know, I like to champion people and just cause I love music. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. I started doing this podcast just because I love the art, just art. Right, right, right. And uh, so I went to the, the, the girls in Nashville. There were, you know, 10 females, and Caitlin Smith and Heather mm-hmm. Morgan do it. And I just like to go watch. I just like to go see. Because every once in a while you'll catch someone. And for me, she's opening six shows up for me later this year, stand-up shows. But I I'd booked her like four or five months ago, but it was yeah. uh, Tennille Towns. Like oh, yeah. I see Tennille Towns and I go, oh, I don't know if she knows it yet. I don't know how it's going to happen, but that's a star. Right, right, right. I, you just see some people and you go, they have something that nobody else does and maybe they haven't figured out how to actually shape it yet. But Tennille Towns is someone I look at and I go, okay, that, that's going to happen eventually. Right, right, you can hold right. Back or, or like I remember hearing Marion Morris's voice and I don't, I don't write with her. I would, I will tomorrow if she wants. But um, <laughs> I, I remember thinking like, all right, that's going to work. She's, that's amazing. So there's those, kind of, those kinds of things that have happened. I'm trying to think of who else right now that's buzzing. Songwriter-wise, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of great people coming up. Just give uh, me one. I'm not putting you under pressure to give me ten. Just give me one. They, it's like, huh? I, they're they're pretty good. People well, don't know group, yet. There's a group that uh, that I've started working with, Avenue Beat. This trio of girls that's like a country TLC. Are they know, singers like, or songwriters? Yeah, both. I mean, it's like it's like an act, like so they're, a, like, they're a, like a trio. Yeah, but it's like, wow. I'm, how did they come up with this? You know, and they're really young and and and, and quirky and fun. I'm like, okay, that's going to be fun to watch that. Um, blow that's up. cool. What's her name? Avenue Beat. Avenue Beat. Yeah. Look at that. Look at me. I don't even know them. And then we've got... I'm so ahead of it. There's a guy, Hunter Phelps, that um, that I remember. I mean, when I heard his stuff, there's only five songs or something I heard. And now we've worked for two or three years, but he's kind of turned that corner where it's just like, I just know it's just a matter of time. You know, he's had a couple songs here and there or Spotify or Highway or whatever, but it's like, man, we're we're starting to record some stuff on him and just watching that process. So I think I think those two are some people that are next, you know, next level that are, that are bubbling up. What song do you keep getting checks for? And it's like, man, the checks just keep coming. Like, what song is it where you're just like, oh, I can't believe I got another check yeah, for this song? Right. Yeah. There's a song, You're Gonna Miss This, that um, always has, you know, some... Trace, right? Was, yeah, Trace. Yeah. That, that was played a lot. Um, play It Again, Luke Bryan. is a big. That's a really consistent uh, one that gets spun a lot still. And so it's because radio is holding onto them as recurrence and still playing them. Is that where the checks are coming from? Yeah, yeah, usually. And so it's... If it's somebody, it's, it's any song that's like... Like dirt on my boots would be like this. Something that that uh, that you could say is maybe somebody's song. Like not not their defining song. Like I'm not saying play it again as Luke's. He has several of those, but something where they're always going to come back to that and play it. You know, or like you're going to miss this. Could be that um, for Do, Trace. So does it say on a check what the song is? Because I oh, like. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah, I mean it's all kind of like digital now, where you log on, they don't print out all the paper. To, is it a big check? They they, they bring you one of those big. It's like Ed McMahon, yeah. checks. Ed, 
Yeah, Ed's people bring it to the door. It says prize patrol. We got the. You're <laughs> gonna miss awesome. this. Here you That's go right. again. I should put that in contracts. Like this, this is all good except it has to be on a big check. It has to be ten feet by. Do you know how much those checks cost though? No, no, no. It's done like one hundred and eighteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, no way. It, I've had to because I, yeah, I. Have try, you done it for charity stuff? Well, I or whatever, to, yeah, yeah, I try yeah. to do a, a fair amount of philanthropy. Like that's a big part of what I do, and so. Uh, Whenever you do something, and let's mm-hmm. say I do something, and we do we raise five or seven thousand dollars. By the way, if we're doing a million or three hundred thousand, I'll get a big check all day because that's such a small part of it. But you go, we raise five thousand dollars in a couple hours, you know, with a hat or something, and we're helping this family, and then they want you to spend one hundred thirty bucks on a big check. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Uh, let me but see. yeah, well, you, you see all that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm a member of ASCAP, so those statements come in. It's really interesting too because it's broken down so much. Like here's. You know, from streaming, or this is from some random show on HBO, or this is from uh, some country I didn't even know ever played the song. So it's it's interesting to see, you know, where that money all comes in from. It give you the itch to want to be an artist a little bit now that you have songs. Not a, and no, n- not at all. What part of it to you <laughs> is not appealing? Well, like the the talent part, and then the, the performing talent, part. No, the talent part. <laughs> that's not an answer. That's no, I, I've never wanted. I mean. It's just a different thing. I wasn't in a band. I don't like spotlights. I don't listen back to any. Anything I perform, sing, speak at, I've never listened back to anything like that. Things like this um, give me anxiety, you know what I mean, to even have to do it. So any any kind of public performing people, I mean, the thought of someone critiquing the way I'm standing or whatever shirt I'm wearing or something like that, I don't like that. Um, and so I, I don't know if maybe a lack of self-confidence or something, but just anything of like, um, you know, your private life, people recognize, I mean, not that I could even take it to that level, but those are the things um, I think people take for granted is is like a Luke Bryan or a Carrie actually being able to go to the grocery. That would be crazy. But just kind of the uh, I, I don't have that in me the the burning for like performing in front of people and getting that response. I like to look at the crowd if I'm out there and be more anonymous and see if people appreciate the song. And then that's that's what does it for me. You know, sometimes if I'm at a writer's round, I get to do that a little bit, and that's all that scratches the itch for sure. If there is one, how often do you do that? Where you go out and play writer's um, round? Usually just do it. Sometimes there's been it's becoming a little more popular. So I've been, uh, you know, I've flown out with a couple of friends and done some stuff in other cities. Like if it's a private, they want Bluebird in Dallas or in Chicago or something like that. Um, I may do one of those a month, maybe or once oh, every yeah, really? once every six weeks. Yeah. Or if like Bluebird calls, which I love, you know, Erica and everybody there. So if it's like, hey, if it's a benefit and they need they they feel like they need me or I would feel that slot, then I'll do that. You know, if it's it's local and if it's all works out time wise, so I definitely don't do it. Like you won't see me going to just play the listening room or somewhere for the door fee or something like that. You know, I, I don't want to hear the myself. Door fee. You wouldn't even been down to pick up the door. No, no, fee. no. You Come know what on. I'm saying? I'm not, I would rather do like a benefit or something like. Like I'm not like trying to do play gigs on the side. I I, I would be so nervous. Um, I'm just giving you. And right I still time. am up there singing. You know what I mean? Every time. I just like to look at rich people. It's just fun. <laughs> it is. It is fun. It's, yeah. I kind of felt bad because there's like a construction zone in my house right now. I mean, there, do you see all the Hiller trucks out there? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, happy. Yeah, I, like I, my air conditioner has been. Where broken. are they? They're not even in here. They're, well, because it's, it's cold in this room. Oh, okay. The wing, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wing, the <laughs> other house, wing. house C. I, you know, I have. A, yeah, I got a pretty nice house now, and so it's like I'd like to have air that works. Yeah. Like I had a 99 cent a month apartment in college, and right, air right, always right. works. Well, I know. Yeah. I get a pretty nice house, and I can't get the freaking air to That's work right. for That's seven days. So That's I, like the nicest hotel rooms. You got to pay for Wi-Fi or something. Then you get the cheap one and you get everything. <laughs> oh yeah, because they know. <laughs> they know you're paying. Yeah, you paid that. You'll pay for whatever. You'll pay thirteen. The worst is because I, if I fly like a American Airlines or Delta, mm-hmm. they'll go. Okay, well, well here's Wi-Fi. Ten ninety nine 
for an hour. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding? An hour? Yeah. Like I'm a, I fly Southwest so much that I, that I get the internet for free. Right. And that'll make me not pick the other airline just <laughs> because right, I get free right. internet. Let's see. What you else gotta, I want to You got to have AC today, though. It's hot. Dude. Yeah, it's terrible. I, yeah. I've had a fan. I've just been living. Luckily, I lived in a camper for a lot of my life. Like I mm-hmm. literally li- didn't have a bedroom my whole life. So I moved to a camper and uh, had a box fan that blew on me. And so it kind mm-hmm. of... Feels like home in yeah. there. <laughs> you, can, you can take yeah. the heat. Feels yeah. like the old days. That's funny. Uh, let's see. Cole Swindells, you should be here. He wrote this one. Yeah. He wrote this. Uh, if I'm remembering that, this is not any note I have. Cole talking about. It. Were you guys in Boston or up? We were. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you know. You know what's up? Yeah. We were at Gillette Stadium. He was opening for uh, Luke. Ken, was it Luke or Kenny? Uh, I would say it's Kenny. Just going by my knowledge, it could have been Luke though. Yeah, I thought it was Luke. Maybe it was. I think I think it was Luke. You wrote this freaking He's song. Done I'm sure I'm I've wrong. been out with uh, Kenny Thomas right open for Kenny two last time I was out with him. But, I'm um, probably wrong. Let me just say you for know the what? record, I'm probably wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I think I've been out both. I don't know who it was, actually. But we were out working on, um, you know, his second record. Cole's amazing. He's a great, you know, he's a great songwriter first, even before the artist stuff. He, he gets cuts on whoever, you know, a bunch of people. So he's a great writer. So that was that was a another one of those magic moments. Um, you know, there's a whole story there where, my daughter is 13. She loves country music, so I'd taken a, I'd try to take a big pano of, of Gillette Stadium with everybody going crazy or a little video, and I just typed in "You should be here" and just sent it. Obviously, totally different, you know, meaning or whatever. But as we all would do, I was like, "Ooh, maybe that could be a title." And then we got back to the bus, wrote it really late, like after his set and everything, and um, I was like, "Man." So and anyway, basically shared that title and like we all do in our sessions, just talked about what that could be about, and and he, you know, he lost his dad and. That was just a really personal song that I, I really consider myself fortunate to even be a part of, just to be able to speak to that emotion and see the impact it had on a lot of people. So that was a that was a really a, a gift there to be able to write that with him. Hey, Mike, look up, because I, I just from talking to Cole, and it's crazy how I've tried to fight off friendships so mm-hmm. I can be objective. Like yeah. I really have tried to fight off friendships <laughs> so hard. So people are like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And you're like, "Never no, talk." Yeah, to me. <laughs> and that was really how I felt coming into. I've been here five and a half years now, and, and for the first two or three, it was nope. Well, that's I, tough too, because then you got you don't want it to. Yeah. It, but some people are just good people, right? Like Dirks and Cole, and Cole and yes. I have a oh, relationship. Now. Yeah, those, yeah, those are, are amazing. You got to be friends. Yeah, you got to. And so just in talking with Cole, like away from microphones, and um, by the way, Cole sent me shoes. Everybody's like sends shoes now. That's the cool <laughs> thing that we all know we'll wear. And I was just talking to Cole about that, and I remember it was Boston. But Mike, if you'll look up and see what tour he was, if I happen to be right, which I probably not, and Ashley's wrong <laughs> about his own. I'm gonna, hey, I was with Cole, so I would, you know that's who I was working with. Yeah, like, well, okay, let's see, let's see if there's anything else. I mean, it's so much, and you know, do you ever write songs by yourself? Not very often. No, it's like people ask that, and I always say I start songs by myself, but then I'm, I'm like, all right, who can help me finish this the right way? You know, it's just so much more fun to co-write. I'm not the guy you can put like in a cabin for a week with a with a pen and paper and say, you know, oh, that's that's take our time and work on this. I have to be around people yelling out stuff and seeing what sticks, you know, a cabin for a week, a Lincoln, the a Lincoln. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't be anywhere. I couldn't be like a, an author. Uh, I, I love, I love the process of co-writing. I used to write songs by myself, like once a month or once every two months and be like, all right, I'm going to demo this, write it by myself just to prove to myself. I can still do that. But I was like, forget that a few years ago. Well then let me say as a two time best-selling author myself, <laughs> It sucks. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it sucks. Sounds, yeah, I cannot imagine. That sounds like torture to me. I wrote this the, the first book. If I can be self-indulgent for a second, I wrote yeah. the first book, and I was like, I know what I was doing, right? I was just writing essays after right, essay, right. and I was like, this is terrible. I'm never doing it again. It's, it's terrible, right? Yeah. And I didn't feel like I was. So then 
I'm, I, I say to myself, I'm never writing another book. <laughs> I've completely chumbawamba'd it. One hit wonder. Yeah. Bestseller for four weeks. Like on top. I, I'm on top. Yeah, go out. Forever, I'm, no the, I'm, I'm a thousand yeah. percent. Yep. And then I did a TED Talk on, it was called Winning by Losing and how I feel that I've done all my learning through it not working. Right. Like that's, just, that's made me stronger. The things I used to think were disadvantages were actually super advantages. Yeah. Like growing up tough, that's an advantage for me now. Absolutely. And so I wrote this second book and it was so tedious because I knew what I was getting in. It was te- terrible. Yeah, I don't like, yeah, even that word, that word scares me. Any of that stuff, I want people to, I just need that response. Not that I need approval, but I just need company. Like I've never been the like I'm a live, I've never lived by myself. I've always said like, hey, I want people around. Let's go, let's go. Never do it. Um, yeah, never. <laughs> I look forward to that. I'm never doing another. Book. That's a ten- I can barely do it in a room with a couple other people. I'm still bouncing off the walls usually. So I, I, that would be a punishment if I had to do that. Like come at come out in eight hours. I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's tough to just sit. It's tough to do it. It's tougher to do it. You do. You do it at such an elite level. I've written two freaking books. But I mean, it sucks. Oh, well, because then you're questioning everything, right? Do you? All I mean, I, I guess you have people. Do you still like, hey, what do you think about this passage? Not with that. Or do you? Can't. You, you let it. You got because yeah. uh, then they're writing it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I would just write, and I have an edit. The, what I learned, and the same thing with a co-writer in your way. But I didn't. I just thought editors fix words and like fix typos. Yeah, like that should be a semicolon. Yeah, <laughs> that's really what I thought a book editor right, was. Right, right. But my, what what was fantastic was, and I guess in an, an editor, there's an art to it because my editor, she would go. Hey, you should write more in this. She wouldn't say Ooh. write about this, but she goes, you should really expand on this. Or she would go, this sucks. Really? Get off this. Ooh. And so it's really eyeballs, you know, checking your content. Yeah. And so I'm ne- I say it now. I'm never, I'm two in. I got two bestsellers. There I'm never yeah. writing another yeah. book. We'll see. The and next die. time I'm in, you'll, you'll have three. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's see. Um, that, that's editing is a big part of the writing too. Like even the guys that we sign and I learned that early on that it's pre-writing and rewriting is the majority, you know, like you spit out this song or maybe you spit out a great passage in this small window of time. And then the rest of it is like, Oh shoot, did I say that the right way? What if it was this? And then going all the way around to come back to the, to the right thing. So just writing in general is tough. Like when people say, you know, Hey, do you love writing songs? I'm like, no, it's, it's, it sucks, but I love starting songs. And then I love listening back when they're done, you know, but the part in between is like essay papers. It's like going to the gym. Yeah, like I you like kind of feel, I like driving yes. to the gym. Yeah, that's fun. I'm about you to love like, and then right, I, here we go. Yeah. And then I like when it's over. Yep. I hate all the parts <laughs> and, and the results, but you don't want the uh, yeah yeah. It's, it, it never gets fun. Hey, Mike D, do you have? I don't know what the answer is, but do you have the information? I have the answer. Okay, so the question is now. This is I don't know. I don't know. I, he doesn't tip me off at all. Uh, Cole Swindell, you should be here. Yeah. They they wrote in Boston. I knew that just from my brain. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look at my notes, you can. I'll have her the song, the, all the songs you wrote. <laughs> I, you. Um, I knew that from, but I assumed it was the Kenny tour. Now I know that I know Cole was on the Kenny tour because we talked about it. So it could have been polluting my brain and just knowing that. But you right. think it was Cole and Luke? I think, I think before that, I thought it was Luke. Okay. So we wrote that way before. You know, like you're probably few years right. Ago. You're, who was Cole Swindell playing with when they wrote that song, Mike? It was Luke Brown. Oh, oh, I thought it was set up right there. You good, win good, good, good. the Ashley Gorley trivia contest. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let me slam through some of these real quick that that, uh, yeah. that are that are cool. Dark Bentley Black. Here you go. And how about that when you get a record named after your song? Hey, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yep. like that. That you also know it's going to be a freaking single most no, of the time. No, not a lot. Most of the time, a lot that aren't. But yeah, Mo- when you say most of the time, it's, it's a uh, half the time maybe. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a good indi- there you go. Fifty-one percent. Come on. Hey, I'll take it. I'd rather yeah. it be that than the target, you know, exclusive. But oh no, yeah, when yeah, you get that the- happens too. Because that also means the song's burnt too. Oh, done. Yeah, that happens. I'm like, what? So yeah. for 
what, what we're talking about here is that you put the record out and then Target goes, oh, we like something special. Yeah, or whoever this, spe- yeah, it's like, yeah. or it's basically the label saying, hey, we're not going to put this on the album that actually could possibly be successful, but it's it's finished, so we're going to offer that as an exclusive to whoever, you know. Mm. It's like, and wow. so all of a sudden, Sam's Club's got the version, and you're done. Right, right, you right. can never. And 20 people. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's Luke Bryan kicked the dust Dirk, off. Derek's also. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go No, you. No, Derek's, I was just saying that that uh, the new Derek's album, talk about it. You were talking about him and Cole being great guys, but Derek's is so, so down to earth, and we just worked on that uh, mountain album. He is so awesome when he took us all to. to uh, tell you ride took a group of us and he's just a he's just a great guy i love that guy so i was i've known dirk since right before he had a record right when he got a record deal we were set up like on a blind right like a long time ago and since then i've been like man i want to really get a song you know have a hit with this guy so that was a special you know, little bucket list for me just because i'd known him and loved him stuff for so long and sometimes it just doesn't work you know we wrote, wrote songs all the time but none of them landed so that one was a special one did you jump on the trampoline with him did he, does he do that at rights or just i have not done that oh you have been a trampoline <laughs> You ever, you ever watch or read any Tony Robbins stuff at all? No, I, mean, I know that is, but no, I don't. Okay, so he jumps on trampoline before he goes on stage. That's funny. And Dirk jumps on trampolines, and it's like, like, I feel that good. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he gets his energy up. He does. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I did not do that with him. Uh, you, you hiked hiked with him. Yeah. It's, you know. uh, let's see. Luke, Luke Bryan kicked the dust up. There you go. <laughs> i play it again from Luke. By the way, John Party, Dirt on My Boots, you mentioned that. We actually have the Rhett demo. Rhett brought the demo. And oh, yeah. No, Jesse Jesse brought the demo. That's a different demo. Yeah. That's a different vibe, yeah. And, and so here, did he play it on here? He did, yeah. yeah. Here is uh, John Party, uh, Dirt on My Boots, and this is Rhett singing it. That's why I was thinking Rhett. Rhett right, singing right, right. it, but Jesse Frazier kind of the track, produced yeah. the demo. Mm-hmm. Here, here's some of that. This is cool. <laughs> Trying to get paid Been harder than a hundred sons Can't find no shade Come on, yeah, I love that Yeah, bumping a little bit, yeah And I think it's cooler because of how John did it Because John crushed it oh, he In John crushed, Party style, oh, crushed it That's like the best feeling too as a writer When you're like, okay, I wonder what this is going to sound like Because you never know You know, John's an amazing singer But when uh, Brian Wright at Universal played, that, played the final version I was like, wow, Bart Butler really, really Spent time nailing that, you know, like it's it's total John Party. He owned it, you know what I mean. Made it his own. So, but with Jesse, Jesse's great at this. But a lot of these, a lot of the guys, the rule is like you can always rein it in a little bit. So why not get their attention? You know what I mean? Like if, if this shows up in John's or Bart's or um, Brian or anybody's email, then it's like, whoa, what is that? You know, when it comes on. So and also Red singing that. it, which is cool. Oh, too. Red's so good. Yeah, that's another. Uh, good I like to hear him sing all day. I mean, when he's singing something, it's it's right on. A little break there. Yeah, I love it. I love that J. Frey magic there. He's showing off for a minute. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's somebody else. We He's send like, pictures of each. Jesse and I send pictures of shoes to each other. Oh, man, yeah. It's like sex. Sex oh, yeah, yeah. We accept shoes. He's, like, He's my good. He knows what's up. Check these I'll out. run them by him like if we're at ACMs. Like, I'm, in, I'm in the hotel. Like I don't even have that many shoes. I'm like, I don't even know if these are work. And she's like, well, just text them to Jesse. That was her response. I said, all right. He's like, those. Those are clean. Look at this. I feel like... Have all this stuff. I didn't want to talk. I mean, you're just an interesting guy without even talking about some of this stuff. Um, yeah. What, what makes you happy right now? Oh, man. I mean, family was the first thing that popped in my head. We just took a almost three week um, trip to Europe. You Where, know? Where'd you go? Uh, and we went to Italy, France, Spain, Switzerland, and Ireland. So, I mean, I, I've, I've always, before, when my wife and I got married, before um, we had any success or any 
savings account, then I was like, man, if this ever works, I want to travel, you know, like I want to see other cultures, want to see the world. So it was, it was a, it was a really a, a blessed time just because we got to, you know, obviously see crazy stuff. My kids are 10, 13, 15 there. We're walking around Rome, walking around Pompeii and Cinque Terre and all these places that are just like, you know, surreal things to me. We went paragliding in Switzerland. So anything like that, like doing first things, there's places I really want to see, um, things I want to do. So being able to, being able to do that with them. Uh, I really love that. And I don't like restful vacations. Like my wife wants to kill me because I'm not like, if we go to the beach, I'm like, okay, let's go play football, you know, or let's do something, take a walk. Um, I don't relax. Well, I don't like, I don't like that sleep is a requirement, but, um, this was like the perfect trip for me. And we just got back. So it's on my mind, but just kind of conquering a town or a country, like going and seeing all the, all the cool stuff and be like, wow, this is awesome. Let's get a picture of this. Let's experience this food or this hike or this view or this mountain or this, this beach. Those are things I really, I really love spending time with them and, and us doing all that together as a family. Isn't it crazy too? I grew up mountain pine, Arkansas population 700 and I never thought I would get to see, you're talking about stuff oh, and I can see anywhere. in your face that it's, yeah. that it's almost make believe because yeah, growing up where we fake. grew up, that's mm-hmm. not a thing. No, people go to Florida to wherever they can drive to and don't even stay on the beach, you know, wherever they can get a house, drive to the beach. And that was it. Those were vacations and nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. And some people don't want to, traveling is not one of their things, but yeah, to be able to, to get on a plane and fly to Venice or something still sounds crazy to me that we can, that that's even possible, you know? So, um, I went to Japan and I looked around and I was like, I is this a TV show? Yeah. Oh yeah. It all looks like it's a Truman show or whatever. Like it's a setup. And it's also like, I'm from Arkansas. Right. Like, uh, I think it's what, that's why we like it so much. Cause it's like such a stark difference and unfamiliar instead of, you know, you're used to just knowing everybody in the town and all that. So I really love that. I love, um, I love being able to, to travel around, hanging out with them, um, playing, you know, basketball with them. I'm a, I'm a huge basketball. Do you play a lot? Fan. Yeah, we play. We play pickup games. Come on out. We play at. Uh, I, dude, I'm in. If you just dude, tell I'm, me I'm where, kidding. at like, my house. And I'm like, I am in. As long as it's in the morning when I work. No, no, it's at night. It's I'm looking like for eight, a game. So you may be about to go to bed. That doesn't. No, I'll play. I'll, yeah, if, it's like we'll all kind of put our kids. Who down plays in your pickup games? Um, let's see. Like Luke Laird, I was with him today. He's he's a great basketball player. I was with Beth today. His wife. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's he plays Matt Jenkins who. uh who writes for our company? He's great. Um, Who's Bri- too Brian good? Simpson, though? Who shows up and is too good? Um, and you're like, come on. Well, they know. People know it's kind of a JV game. So there's some varsity level games, and I'm like, all right. I always make sure. Like when somebody's like, hey, can I bring my friend? I'm like, well, how tall are they? You know? Or I'll say, can they dunk in traffic over people? Like, does that happen during the course of the game? And then I'm like, they should probably go somewhere else. You know? But um, Shea Mooney came out the last couple times, draining some threes. Shay. Um, yeah, the basketball players. You never, you never know. Like. I remember being out on the road and Justin Moore jumped in on a game. I was out with Thomas. Oddly, Rett. super athletic. Oh, amazing! Like, yeah, I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not guarding him. He was just nailing threes and everybody. Because he's short, and you go, "There's no way this dude." But he and he kind of casually said, "Like, yeah, I'll play with y'all." I was like, oh, "Okay, come on." And he was like, "Oh, after the game, like, yeah, he won the state championship." Yeah, of course, he played at Poe in high school. We, <laughs> yeah, something like we, that. We played we played ball thirty miles from each other growing up. Oh, that's awesome. same conference. That's cool. In Arkansas, we both went to a tiny. Well, you got to come play. It's like he could play. I mean, people know how to play. They usually played in high school. There's usually not a lot of like no SEC guys are there. You know, that played Division One or anything like that. But a lot of my friends from like either church or from uh, just that I've known um, come, and there's no music talk. Nobody, you wouldn't get. It would be against the rules for somebody to say, "Hey, man, how do you ask you something about your career?" Or like, "Hey, are you cutting my song?" That can't happen. So mm-hmm. technical. That's, yeah, that's for a bit. Technical, you're out. You're out, dude. I like I'm in. If you if I yeah. if it's a real invite, because I, 
you know, I, I try to do. I like to compete. Oh, I know. Yeah, I sport. want everything. Run, running for me, I just go crazy. That, that's torture too. That yeah. and being in a room by myself would be yeah. equivalent. I cannot. Yeah, running. First of all, it hurts. I got bad knees and ankles, but yeah, it's just like, where are we going? What are we doing? Who am I racing? Yeah, why are we? Yeah, somebody, somebody chase me. Try yeah, to tackle yeah, yeah, me. yeah. Give me a zombie. Yeah, you know, I love, or... I love basketball. I love watching it. I mean, obviously, growing up in Kentucky, um, that's what there is there. You know, so I'm big, big UK, big Wildcats fan, big Blue Nation, but also, I w- we got to go to some NBA games this year. Took the family to to see LeBron. Try oh, yeah? to try to beat the Warriors. Yeah, huge LeBron fan, not a Warriors fan. Um, and and yeah, we try to play. We're going to play next week. Did you go with TR? Was that, did you guys all go over to that game? Were you yes, with, were you, yes. We, I didn't sit with him. Was but, Luke yeah, there too? Um, yeah, Luke. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that, now that's awesome. I love um, stuff like that. I, you're talking about what makes what turns me on, makes me happy. I love doing that. I, I get to go watch. I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan, like my whole oh, life, yeah. right? And I went to Game Six. Ooh, that was yeah. last year. Yeah. So that that's exciting. I'm a diehard Razorbacks fan. Like you're a Kentucky fan. Yeah. I have a, the Arkansas tattoo him. I'll, I'll be Nolan thinking, Richardson, man. Not, yeah, the '94 champions. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the one thing that. in my that life. Was, yeah, that now, was like I'm in high school then, so that I was loving that stuff, playing, watching, all that. I just love the something about basketball. I love baseball. My youngest son plays baseball. I can barely sit there, sit still long enough to watch his games. That again, I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go, let's go. Um, I, I appreciate game. baseball. Do you know soccer? Can I went to a soccer game. I don't know. My daughter played soccer. I can kind of get with so- soccer if they would just score more. They scored great. no. I went yeah. to the Nashville it's soccer like zero club. Zero one. They played Cincinnati. It was they finished <laughs> the game at zero yeah, zero. That's not okay. Yeah. They basically just wasted time. Right. <laughs> they kicked it around. They ra- They did but some sprints. Am- I do think soccer athletes are absolutely like the the most athletic. Not like, arguing. How are there. they doing that? And you know, I saw a gymnast, but I'm not going to watch it. No, true, true. I spent three hours watching people run back and forth with no goals. If right. it's minor league, it needs to be 31 to 12 yes. in soccer. I like to watch stuff. I tell people I like to watch things that I can do a worse version of, and I appreciate it more. Like, I love the Preds, but I, when I go to those games, I can't even stand up on skates. So it's like I can't fully appreciate it. Like, that all looks like a magic trick. I don't even know how you guys are doing that. When I watch basketball, it's like, wow, I know how hard it is to do that move, or I cannot believe that just happened. You know, it's like a finesse driven move or whatever so I, I just feel like i can appreciate that more um obviously watching all my kids but i love that they all play basketball that was kind of a requirement for food and shelter <laughs> <laughs> for my to entertainment eat. yeah all right well there we have it there we've done a easily an hour here look at that probably Let's feels go. like Chapter three two. hours to you huh no 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 this is great easy easy Mm. We've got the air conditioning, you know, so it's Up okay. here, you're kidding me, man. I woke up, like, just covered in sweat this morning. Yeah. Then i got to go be happy and entertain people for four hours, five hours. Tonight you get some? Uh, I do have some tonight, but, I mean, even in the morning. Like, I woke up. Oh, yeah. I just feel like I've been running, and I hate running, too. <laughs> yes. Episode 132, Ashley Gorley. This guy here, the most famous person you don't even know. <laughs> That's what it is. That's funny, yeah. The most famous person you do, you probably haven't even famous. heard of. No. He's super famous. So. Uh okay there we go um I appreciate you yeah man thank you that was I hope great. um hope you didn't this wasn't like pulling teeth I know you don't do a lot of things no this is this is e- easiest one I've done normal mm-hmm. you know I follow all the cue cards when they're saying stop stop talking yeah that. no I'm just kidding yeah, we have it's just, it's me Hidden Ashley cards. Mike and some Hiller air conditioning guys downstairs yeah. that's the only the AC here. guys are just yeah. watching no. uh, thanks oh, that was great I appreciate number. it thanks to Bombas and uh, this guy here with right now thirty seven number ones and. And uh, I think you got a career. I think right now you should feel good. You have something going. You got a momentum. Some momentum. Trying to get it going. Trying to make it happen. All right. Uh, We'll see you guys next time at the Bobbycast. Thank you, everybody.